Avery Broussard After the spring rains, when the first hot days of summer begin, the inland waters of the Gulf of Mexico turn smoky green from the floating seaweed, fading to dark blue beyond the sandbars where the great white pelicans dive for fish. On an island off the Louisiana coast, there is an open-air pavilion among a group of cypress trees, and in those first wisteria-scented days of May, one can sit in a wicker chair, drinking chilled wine, and listen to the salt breeze rustling through the overhanging moss, or just sit and watch the whitecaps break against the beach and disappear in an iridescent spray of foam. Avery Broussard walked up the beach with his duffel bag over his shoulder and entered the pavilion. It was mid-afternoon, and no one was at the bar. Two fishermen sat at one of the marble-top tables. He drank a draft beer from a thick glass mug, filmed with ice on the outside, and watched the fisherman hand rustle. One of them was a little drunk, and he laughed loudly and used a profane expression in French when the other man forced his hand down. Avery drank the cold beer and ordered another. He counted the money in his wallet. He had fifteen dollars, enough to buy a bottle and get him home. He had quit his job on the oil exploration crew that morning, and he wanted to catch the afternoon launch to the mainland in order to be at the house by nightfall. It was three o'clock now, and the launch left at four. He sipped the beer and looked out over the beach at the few palm trees and the sun bright on the water and the sandbars white in the distance. Avery was through with oil crews. Six months ago, he had signed on as a jug hustler on a shooting crew that did offshore exploration preliminary to putting down a well. Later, he became a driller's helper. He got a pay raise, and he liked working on the drill better than pulling recording instruments out of the water ten hours a day, with the sun hot on his spine and the skin on his fingers cracked and hard from being wet too long. But now, he was finished. Life on the Gulf was fine, but he hadn't returned home or seen his father in the six months since he had left, and he thought that he had gotten rid of the things that had made him leave. He bought a pint of bourbon and put it in his duffel to drink on the way home. He walked slowly down the beach towards the landing. The sky was clear, and the gulls dipped their wings and circled overhead. He wondered what his father would say when he saw him again. Avery had written home only twice since he started work on the crew. Several times he had wanted to write his father and tell him why he had gone, but he could never find the proper words. His father wouldn't have understood, just as he didn't understand when Avery's older brother Henri had left. The father and the sons were apart in time. Avery hoped that now things could be different from what they had been, and that he wouldn't have to go away anymore. It's in you, he thought, like it's in him. You don't belong anywhere else. He cut the seal of the whiskey bottle with his pocket knife, peeled it back, and unscrewed the metal cap, and took a drink. Generations of inbreeding have put it into your blood. The land, the house, the country around it, and all that goes with it is inside you. He waited on the dock until the launch came. He went aboard and stood on the bow and leaned against the deck rail. The deckhands cast off the mooring lines and the boat headed for the mainland. Avery looked out towards the gulf and saw the gray shapes of two oil tankers silhouetted against the sky. He wondered where they were going. Ahead lay the mainland, a long stretch of white beach with a heavy line of trees in the background. 
Off to the left, he could see the salt marsh with its flat expanses of alligator grass and the blasted trunks of cypress trees half-submerged in the water. A sailboat came out of the lagoon, tacking in the breeze. He took another drink from the bottle and turned his face into the wind. The air was fresh with the smell of brine. The whiskey felt hot inside him, and he was getting a good edge on. The boat churned inland and passed the sandbars in the salt marsh and neared the dock. He put the bottle in his bag and walked down the gangplank after the boat landed. Several trawlers were tied up at the dock. The fishermen were spreading out their nets to dry. He walked up the landing, the duffel over his shoulder, passed a few boarded shacks and headed down a gravel road that would take him to the highway. There was thick green foliage on both sides of the road and tall gray oaks with hanging moss and the late afternoon sun.